throughout the U.S. and Europe. He has um, been seen in such venues as PS1, the Drawing Center, the Brooklyn Museum, the Kitchen, White Columns, Sculpture Center, and Snack Mountain. And Celia's co-directed Flipside with artist Kermit Cox and alternative exhibition space in Williamsburg, Brooklyn from 1997 to 2001. Um, his most recent constructed piece is a turntable square drum set called Square from Level and um, in line for the show B-Side at the Sorbonne Gallery in Brooklyn and Leaning Tower of Bass Drums at Exit Art, New York City. So we're glad to have you here. And I think we're going to be talking a little bit about the sound aspect of this work, too. I think it's really Correct. related to your work. So um, let's just take a moment to look around at the setup in terms of how this is done. And this is installed a little bit differently than when it was originally shown. It was 16 millimeter projectors, and uh, and he had just started doing film pieces, uh, just out of grad school really. He was in San Francisco, and uh, the 16 millimeter projectors, the the spools he got, they were 10 minutes, and so that's the duration of time each one of these pieces is. So there's four different sequences, and they're all 10 minutes, and he's applying grease paint and we're into it the second one the sequence is white so he st starts just skin bare upper torso white and then red green and black and uh and there are and and he's a he's layering it upon himself so we're into the kind of right now the second sequence The 16 millimeter projector. Yeah, 16 millimeter projectors were using these um, DVD projectors, and that the sound that we're listening to is actually a recording that was added later because we know that DVD um, projectors do not make the sound. But the sound element yeah. was really an important thing that the, the artist wanted to add on to the work. Um, and that was something I think that we. Yeah, yeah it, it's critical because when you listen to the pieces, in silence, it's, it's a completely different feel. The, the, and when you listen to the projectors, they, they have a real rhythmic drumming quality. You know, it's about like this. It's, and, and you kind of, it kind of sets a tone, and then, but it varies. It fluctuates the sound of it, the pitch. There's also a drone going on. And Nauman was really into, as much as the art of the times, what fueled this work it were the experimental uh, composers like Terry Riley and Steve Reich and Philip Glass. Uh, he's a musician himself. He played bass and guitar, and he was playing in bands that they put together at Davis around this time. And, and part of what gives these a real power and makes them you know, watchable for this amount of time is he has a very uh, powerful, intuitive, rhythmic sense. And um, so the, it's, it's, a, 
it's a really integral part of it, the, uh, the, the sound. And the other thing that's kind of interesting about these, as we watch these, as you, like in this sequence, they're about 10 minutes, but towards six or seven minutes, he's basically done applying the paint. And then he's got that, it's, it's a little bit time to kill, but he, that's when he starts playing with shadows and moving his body around and getting a little fussier with parts of it. So when you really kind of get deep into it, there's a lot of little subtle things happening in, in the shape of the 10 minutes. And, uh, but they're still relatively improvised. They're not the same. And a part of it, I think he's reacting to the physicalness of the paint and as it gets layered on and he's doing it longer and longer, I think it does, like you're saying, it gets into the endurance thing. And uh, so that changes his reaction. Plus, I think just taking on these different uh, masks or identity with the different colors, um, that he's reacting to that also. Uh, and um, yeah. we've also talked about, I mean, it's called art makeup one through four. So this is makeup. It's kind of funny to call it art makeup. Right. Because in some ways, um, we don't think of makeup as like putting on makeup as art. Um, although there was a big movement in the 70s and late 60s of, of, of artists using makeup in interesting sorts of ways that way too. Um, but the idea that he, that he was a painter uh, and he was trained as a painter and that this, you had said earlier when we were speaking that this was a, perhaps like his last painting. It's an interesting thing about, to think about it in terms of this kind of um, situation. What might make it like a painting? Yeah. And I, I brought, uh, I, it might be a good time to throw in for a couple minutes the Steve Reich. I, I, I brought a piece, uh, a rhythmic piece by Steve Reich. It's, it's just clapping. And uh, I, w I was playing around with just adding a few remix things to this. And if it's at kind of a low level, the same as the projector sound, it kind of adds interesting element and it lets you hear the kind of uh, experimental music that he was listening to and influenced him. So I'll, I'll throw that on for just a second. And it was interesting when I was speaking to the Body painting was a big, was a big deal. It was a, again, 
instead of using your body as canvas. So tell us a little bit more about this piece. Well, it, it's a great piece. Steve Reich, you know, went to uh, West Africa, studied African drumming, and it's really based on like this Ghana bell pattern that is kind of the backbone and, and the basic structural unit of a lot of African music, which is really rhythm-based. And then what happens is the two musicians doing it, who are both clapping, play it uh, together in unison, and then one of the musicians goes off. It, it's, it, there's 12 beats in each measure, and he goes off one beat for the pattern and repeats it eight times, and it basically cycles around. So it's like out of phase, like if you were hearing almost like a Doppler effect kind of thing, or if you were hearing it in two rooms, or you started recording machines at different points of time really close. And so it, it phases around, and then it ends when they're back together again. It's very short. It, it's like, like four or five minutes. But it it it, it, it kind of has the, the a, a similar rhythmic propulsion feel of the projectors and kind of the uh, hand thing he's got going and doing this. Plus, I thought it was interesting that his piece is really about hands, and this piece is all hands. That's mm. there's no instruments. It's just just clapping, and it's slightly sacrilegious, but. I mean, to me, what, what's it's it's not really sacrilegious in that um, that artists are influenced by each other. Yeah. And it's only sacrilegious if, if, if the artist you know, feels like yeah. it, 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 it's upstaging his own work. But the fact that I think artists cross-pollinate ideas yeah. and that they're influenced and give each other permission to do different kinds of things and that that's part of a larger idea about art making and culture. Yeah. 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 And I was cool with it when I read that he chopped up a Ed Fouché book. You know, I said, well, he, he can't say booze, so yeah. plus it's 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 hardly overpowering it. So I think it's you know, it's a, it's a, a gentle remix. So what would be different if you were seeing Well, I'd love to see it just to see if if it would be out of phase, just a little bit, so that when his hands here, you're waiting a second for that hand to get there, which would make it a little trippier and probably a little harder to watch, because now when your eye goes around, it, it's it's synchronized, perfectly synchronized. But I actually don't know how... Originally, they were, they were shown one after another. So the so, idea of having four simultaneous images is, is um, was something that he felt he wanted to do this time. Oh, so that wouldn't have been an issue then? Yeah, yeah okay. usually there, there, there's like a reel-to-reel -reel projector and they've got a large loop at the top and it just loops through all four of the different colors. So you just see them straight on. Just one but you wanted them to be seen as the projector. And his work got, after this, because this is very early, and this is even before he was doing the videos, which gave him like, much, you know, and he wasn't limited to 10 minutes. So those really become endurance pieces, because you know, he, he was doing pieces like he'd 
he'd tape out a square on the floor and he would do these weird dances like this and have to walk on the line and, there, and, and make up some like silly walk, like a Monty Python silly walk, but repeat it for an hour and just keep going. So when he'd have instructions for people to do the pieces, like in museums in Europe and that, he'd have to say you have to get like a real dancer and they have to be like really serious and they, you know, he, he, he knew exactly what he wanted for that kind of stuff. And he was doing pieces like when this was happening, one that I haven't seen but sounds great is, and the description kind of says it all, bouncing a ball off the floor and the ceiling and creating different rhythmic patterns with it. You know, so he's sitting there for an hour going, I mean, I can see the piece without having seen it, just from watching all the other stuff. It's great. Like, I think the, the endurance part seems to be yeah. a really important part, which is it's almost like a joke. Yeah. It becomes serious because you do it for so long. Yeah. We were talking about Buster Keaton earlier, looking at because he has this real straight-faced humor. There's, I see a lot of humor here, but he does it for so long and keeps such a straight face that after a while, yeah. it's this really funny kind of... He's on the fence between something that's very humorous and very serious feeling. Yeah, and the, yeah, these, especially uh, the last couple minutes, he's like, he's doing little shadow characters and he's really playing with the shadows and doing a lot with his fingers and, and that, but not, never like, he never cracks a smile and he just keeps it, but, but that's an important, yeah. important part of it. And, serious part, I think, is the yeah. And this is the last one where it's um, black over the, uh, I guess he's gotten the he's gotten the green and red. So yeah, this yeah. is this is the black and, and and we were also talking about that when you're trained as a painter, there's these uh, kind of like formal issues that you become very aware of. And so he's really interesting at balancing both kind of formal aspects of art making, but also kind of going off on this whole other performance aspect yeah. um, and the whole endurance aspect and things that aren't typical for painting. So. You start to see, I mean, I noticed when I watched through these colors that the background starts to play off of his, mm -hmm. the, uh, the color of the makeup in different sorts of ways. The white actually makes the background look very different than the black. And it becomes also about what can be photographed in some ways, in other ways, too. Yeah, and, the white, the white is, and the white is the one I watched, the, the one I could get a hold of on YouTube, the full duration of it. You could get a lot of little snippets, but the whole thing, the, the white one, it's very much more austere and he's really transformed. He's much more androgynous and asexual in that one because every, you know, the chest hair and the nipples and everything's gone and he's just white. It's almost like the, uh, what's the uh, theater, the Japanese, is it no? Or, uh, it, it's sort of like Kabuki, but no, no is the one is, yeah, total minimal and very, Stark. That's that's what it really reminds me of, and and uh, and towards the end of that one, because of the white, the shadows become really powerful, and you know, and that that will, that will come around. I mean, we started close to that, so I'm sure everyone's going to hang around for like three hours and just do the obsessive thing. Um, but it, it it's fun to do that with a piece. That's what's been great about doing this. I rarely do that where I just take one thing. And I, I did that with when I was teaching at the Phillips. They have a little de Kooning that's amazing. And I would only go and see that de Kooning after teaching. I wouldn't look at anything else in the museum. And, and that was really fun to just say, this is the only painting I'm going to look at for 20 minutes. 
and, and you start, you do start finding things that you couldn't imagine were there. And, and it's, this is a little like that too, when you just stick with it. And when you figure that an artist, how much time an artist spends making a work, and that the artwork is not only a total amount of labor, but also an entire career and a life experience put into the work, you want to give it more than the 30 seconds that we might, <laughs> you know, when we just walk through a gallery. There's, there's an immense richness in each work, so that's partly the philosophy behind these talks. But also, I think definitely, he makes us have to stay and watch in a certain sort of way by doing this. Yeah, a, a little child came in with uh, her family when I was in here just watching it beforehand. And, and I, I, you know, I, it was great to see people's responses, but she just comes in and she looks and she goes, it's annoying. And she was gone. That was it. And I'm sure he's fine with that, but I just love that. She like, that was it. That was it. She was gone. But I, I wanted to say, hey, hey, wait, wait, kid, kid, come on in. Give it a chance. Yeah. yeah. So let's go ahead and can we open it up? To oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely. Do people have any comments about this work or things that have come to them while we've been standing here? Well, I just had a comment about the voice. Uh -huh. and having seen a whole exhibit just now, I always thought the voice was very annoying and much more annoying than the classic But I also think that Bruce Nauman wants to annoy you. Well, I know. I think that's a big part of the work, too. That, that's that kind of. So um, I think replacing it with the classic. <laughs> no, his, yeah. Yeah. His. Saw that piece. I don't remember the actual sound, but that's all it was, was sound. There was no art other than, so it shows how much, how much he, he's, how important sound is to him. Yeah. Well, it dates it for me, too, because I walked in here and I immediately thought, oh, this is an old piece because, because of the sound. And I even, I think, mentally put the rails up there in my head until I looked up and realized they weren't there. Uh -huh. um, it's like listening to an LP on vinyl as opposed to Mystery, so, mystery sound. Yeah. 
plus when you see images now, I mean, everyone's used to surfing, so you react quickly. So all she did is she was going like this, and she said, that's that, and she, she, went, to, she went to another uh, channel, and, and that's just in the... So that's what's great about seeing these pieces that are... I mean, I don't, you could call this minimal, post-minimal, it, but it, it just it stays on this one thing for a long time. But, but it's good to... Uh, it's, it's good to do that. Yeah, he's looking in the corner. I mean, that's a. Yeah. I wonder if it's actually him doing that or if it's actually what people project on. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because I, I mean, he is looking at the shaft. You were talking about him. He has his extra time since he got the, the makeup on and. Uh, it, he's fully covered, and so he has to come up with other business. Yeah. So it is a little, maybe, I, I would say he's improving a little bit yeah. from his going off of this. Like your body has a canvas, your body has a sculpture. Sure. You yeah. become this thing once you make it into art, right. and yeah. then it's like, how do you experience yourself as a thing? That's kind of what I get when I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm this thing, and I'm no longer human. So what am I? Yeah, we were deciding if we should have stools or not, and then we thought, well, we should make this an endurance piece for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but so, there is that aspect. I think there's an aspect that asks for that kind of involvement. Yeah. I was Yeah, I mean, he was, the funny thing about this work too, he really wasn't showing, no one was really interested in this work that much and he was doing it in the studio, it was really about studio practice. He had this thing he said, I'm an artist, I'm in the studio, so anything I do in the studio is art. And that's where a lot of that work, he would just film himself, no one else was in there and he'd do all this stuff that reminds me a little bit of a very precocious like 13 year old either locking themselves in the bathroom or being in the basement and no one else in the family cares what they're doing. It has that quality, which I think is great. So this is the beginning here to get a sense of the... But, but I think that that's, a, I've seen those earlier, those 
early videos, which is just him walking in and out of the camera, mm. being in his studio. And I think that's a really important idea that artists look at now, which is that anything that happens in the studio is art. You know, and I think that that, that idea has carried through to contemporary artistic practice, and especially a lot of emerging artists think about those kinds of ideas. I mean, these, all these artists are now being taught in school, and so what we're seeing more and more are artists reacting to these ideas, but from, um, from the standpoint of contemporary culture. How does this make sense to contemporary culture? So when you're talking about the 10 minute reels, I'm thinking, well, there's about seven minutes available on uh, YouTube right. to make work. So you see everything has an endurance of seven right, minutes. Right, right. Long. Yeah. Are you getting to the part two, part three? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I mean, but what keeps this from being like theater or performance? I mean, he, I mean, I was just thinking like a lot of people put up makeup for Halloween, so he's having to do something that makes it not just be like that. Hmm? It's art makeup. It's art makeup. And he, he was doing a lot of body art at the, during this same time, you know, before, because he, he was in, this is when he had this San Francisco studio, a little storefront, and uh, it was maybe, what, three years after grad school, and then he went to New York, three or four years. So he really did a ton of work that is still having an impact. I mean, he did one piece, uh, cast his steel chair in concrete, and it's been the crux of a, one artist's whole you know, vocabulary. It's like a throwaway noun, and that's how his impact has been th that big. And he d he was doing great pieces that related to his body. Then, like he would he did uh, cast the left side of his torso every or measured his torso. I mean, his whole body every ten inches, and then the and he did it in neon. But then he said he stretched it to twenty inches, so he'd be twice as tall. So there's always it's kind of got this absurdist thing, but very, uh, you know, like mathematical. Because he was, he studied before he, when he was in Wisconsin and that he studied before he went out to Davis, he was, you know, mathematics and philosophy, and then he switched to painting. So the other thing about this piece, he's, he's been, he's, he's, for someone in their 20s, he's done a lot, he's got a lot to draw upon. It's, it's very mature work and... Um, yeah, you know. and when you also think about a certain amount of courage to say, I'm going to do all, I'm going to come up with a practice that ranges in all the mediums, you know. Uh, I mean, he's probably, I would think he's a little unconscious because I can't imagine, I mean, it's something you discover as you go, but uh, I mean, the, the fact that he made a body of work that was very different than just a paint, just being a painter or just being a sculpture, but that the, the idea was to um, span all the mediums, I think is always really interesting when early artists do that. I, I think he had to be good at, at shutting distractions out and focusing on what the piece was about. 
and or they would have gotten too theoretical or too formal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was doing photographs with his hands, with mirrors, that kind of thing. So he was doing a lot of stuff with his hands, a lot of things with his body. He did like a, a piece, uh, cast knees of five famous artists that is just these this silly casting of knees. It just looks like these little indents, but that's that's. Oh, hand to mouth. Thank you very much for well, doing thank that. You. That was great. And it was fun. Thank you.